There we go. Hello, Pastor Jackie. Pastor Alex, good day. How are you doing? You know, hey, I'm good, man. You look good. I, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for acknowledging the truth for once. Hello, and welcome to the MGC podcast, where we go deep into the Christian faith. My name is Alex Portillo, and I am your host. On today's episode, we are talking with Pastor Jackie James about Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. We explore the meaning of pressing forward and straining forward to what lies ahead. It's a privilege to have you with us. Enjoy. He reached as far as he could go, but Jesus understood that his reach was never going to be long enough, that Peter's reach was never going to be long enough to grab him. And I think that is, that is the difference between salvation by works and salvation by faith. Understanding that our reach is never going to be long enough. Like we may see Jesus and it's never going to be long enough to get us there, but Jesus is grace and is always long enough to reach us. And by the way, the only reason the only reason he knows that he can reach out to Jesus is because he has that experience with God. He, he knows that he can reach out. And that comes from life experience and from, and from something inside. That this guy's not going to let me fall. I guess we're going to begin with a question about the text. Can you give us a bird's eye view of Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 16? What is Paul talking about? Where does he go? I think Paul has been giving a picture um, of himself and what the Christian life, what life without Christ was and now what life without Christ is. And he gives us these two, at the very beginning of the chapter, he gives us these uh, very two different pictures of the things he valued before, spiritual life, life, and the things that he values now, and trying to understand, I think he's still trying to understand where he fits into all this and how he fits into all this. Um, and so when you get to chapter verse 12, um, he's beginning to unfold where he where he is and where he thinks the church, the Philippi church needs to be going in asking these same questions and understanding where Jesus fits into life right now. And so that's why I think the verses 12 through 16 are about in verse 12. It says, not that I have already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What has he not attained? If you go back up to verse verse 9, even verse 8. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surprising value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them all as rubbish. And then he says that I may be found in him, not having any righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through Christ. The righteousness that comes from 
God on the basis of faith that I know him and his power and the power of his resurrection, fellowship with of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The very deep understandings, and not just theological understandings, but the life, death, the breath of Christ, Christ's life, he hasn't really figured all of that out yet. 30 plus years of walking with Jesus, shipwrecked, all the, all the things, and he hasn't quite figured out where he fits into all this, but he's wanting to accept it. And when he says, uh, for some people, I think they get confused with this idea of him saying, well, he wants to die like Christ. No, he wants to understand why Christ died for him. He wants to understand it and live it out in a way that, that continually transform his, transforms his character. So he hasn't quite gotten it. So it's not that he completely understands it or has attained what he is preaching, but he's continually striving towards what he presently understands. Yes, as all of us should. We should, every time I read the Bible, I read a text that that, um, I think I get, I get it differently because I'm at a different stage of life. And for Paul, he's at a different stage of life. And I think he is reflecting on all of the things that he thinks he knows about Jesus and saying, man, I, I really don't have it all the way I, I thought I did. I really like this thing that Paul says right at the second half of verse 12. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What's the difference between Christ taking hold of us and us taking hold of Christ? It's a salvific mindset. It reinforces for us that we are powerless to sin. Christ takes hold of us. Um, I go back to my one of my favorite versions of, um, of Romans 8. Um, Eugene Peterson, at the end of Romans 8, he says... Uh, because nothing can separate me from Jesus because of the way that Jesus has embraced me. And I think of that here. Um, Jesus approaches us. He invites us. Salvation is a gift to us because God says, hey, I know who you really are, the you that nobody else sees, and I want to still invite you into fellowship with me. It's not us seeking him out and going, hey, Jesus, I know who you are and I know what you have to offer. And so I want to be a part of your kingdom. See, we don't even get there, by the way, unless the Holy Spirit speaks within us. So in every aspect, it is God inviting us into his presence. So what he says here is, I want to, I want to grab a hold of what Jesus has already grabbed a hold of for me. What you're saying reminds me of it's completely unrelated, but it reminds me of Peter when he went on the water and mm. sank. Mm. He reached. Mm. He reached, but his reach wasn't long enough. Jesus reached, and his reach was long enough. No, it's related. It's, he only came out because Jesus said, come on. Come, you, you, if you're coming, come on. <laughs> you know? And even in his falling... You are so correct to say, you know, he reached as far as he could go, but Jesus understood that his reach was never going to be long, that Peter's reach was never going to be long enough to grab him. 
And I think that is, that is the difference between salvation by works and salvation by faith. Understanding that our reach is never going to be long enough. Like we may see Jesus and it's never going to be long enough to get us there. But Jesus' grace and is always long enough to reach us. And by the way, the only reason the only reason he knows that he can reach out to Jesus is because he has that experience with Christ. He, he knows that he can reach out. And that comes from life experience and from and from something inside of him. Yeah. That this guy's not gonna let me fall. In verse 13, Paul says one thing. Mm. And you have made a connection with John chapter nine. Mm. What is the significance about the one thing phrase because i think we try to do too much this is what i think he's saying he's saying listen of all the stuff we're trying to do too much and and the one thing i want you to do in the one thing for him like i said is is actually two things or three things but it's they're connected what's the one thing i need for you to do it's important for us as christ followers to be in tune with the one thing to be thinking about what's the one thing I need to, if, if I don't do anything else today, what's the one thing I need to do with Jesus? What's the one thing he's calling me to do? Is today the day I, the one thing I need to do is just pray. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to necessarily focus on reading my Bible today, but I do need to talk to Jesus. And maybe the day is the one day Jesus is like, I don't need you to pretend like you're talking to me. I need you to just get my word and let that be the conversation we have. But there's always just one thing that, that God needs us to do. And so that's why I think the importance is it, it's not just do, but to know. Remember, it's, it's, there's one thing I do because there's one thing I know. That's the story in John 9. The guy's like, I don't, I don't know. You, you may think he's a sinner. I actually don't know. But what the one thing I know, the assurity that I have is that I was blind, but now I see. Um, and the simplicity of the gospel is found in those things. Let's go to verse 14. In chapter 3, verse 14, what does it mean to press on? Pressing is on is more than don't give up. You can always say to someone, don't give up. Pressing on means there's a goal in sight. And regardless of how fast you get there, regardless of obstacles that come in your way, regardless of who's with you or who's not with you, you're still in mo in momentum and moving forward towards that. Pressing on means you understand your calling and you just keep going forward. It encompasses tenacity and encouragement. Back in the 80s, there were these posters that, that people made up of motivational uh, directional things. And one of, the, one of the posters that had like a giant wave on it, it said motivation and it had the definition of motivation under it. And then it had perseverance. It had a little definition of perseverance. And the pictures were all, all these na nature esoteric pictures, but they were all meant to give people um, a directional, like keep going. Um, if you go on, um, on, on Instagram, I saw these recently on Instagram uh, for success like business, someone has a giant dollar sign like a giant dollar. And uh, it's probably it's probably about five or six feet long and probably about three and a half feet wide. And, so then, and you're supposed to put 
for people that are pursuing money, you're supposed to put this up in your office to be like the, this is my goal. This is what I'm about. This is what, this is every day I'm about making that cheddar. You know, Skrilla, Skrilla, Skrilla every day. And I maybe maybe I don't want to spell Skrilla, but. Um, <laughs> so Paul, instead of putting up a sign like a dollar bill, he's putting up the cross and he's putting up Jesus. And he's saying, this is what I'm pressing for every day. This is it. I'm pressing here every day. Um, even in prison, I'm pressing here. I was going to use this as a sermon illustration. It just didn't fit in. But when I was a kid growing up in Miami, uh, every summer we would go, we, we learned how to swim. So I'm one of the, you know, the, that, that, no, let's not go there. Um, I do know how to swim, was all I'm going to say. One of the things we would do is part of our swimming test every summer was that we learned how to tread water. So that we first learned how to tread water in the kiddie area where it was only like three feet deep. And maybe we were five feet tall or four feet tall. But we, and, and then they would move us steadily in, into the pool, into deeper, deeper parts of the pool where we would tread water for longer. Until finally, when you graduated from the, from the lap pool, they would put you in the 10-foot deep pool to tread water. And treading water is a natural part of learning how to swim because it's a survival tactic. So when it comes to the Christian life, Sometimes I think we just rest on treading water. And so the opposite of pressing on is just to tread water because you're trying to survive. But ultimately, it's also the death move but because you can't tread water for, for long periods of time. It's just not physically possible. And if you're in the ocean, whether or not you're in the ocean or whether or not you're in a pool, uh, treading water is not a lifelong pursuit. It's just keeping you in one place and barely to survive for only a little bit. So I think one of the things that Paul is saying here in, in the understanding is um, if you're not pressing on, if you're not actively moving forward, then you're treading. You're kind of stagnant. And stagnation in the Christian world, in Christian life, means death. And we see that in Christ. We see that in a biblical example, that Jesus is always calling people to move forward, always, always in motion. Go back to where you were living, whatever changed, and in that change, you live differently. If you're not changed and living the same, you know, if you're changed, if you claim to be changed, but you're living the same, it's hard. Let's go to verse uh, 15 and 16. Uh, verse 15 and 16 say, all of us then who are mature should take such view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. What does it mean to live to what we have already attained? If you believe in grace, that you have been saved by grace, then you should live up to that understand what that means not just for yourself but for the people you encounter if you believe that God is love and you've experienced his love then you need to live up to that if you believe that you were blind but now you see you should live up to that you should encourage others who have who are blinded that they can now see too you're not supposed to keep it to yourself um, it means that we live a life 
that is always pointing people to Jesus. Live up to that. And we may, like Paul, we, he's still searching for some of those deep theological answers. But what he's continually doing is inviting people into this journey with him of searching. That's why he says, I don't have it all together. He says it twice. I haven't gotten there yet. I don't have this yet. But I want you to have it. I want you to be on this journey with me. If you felt that call of Christ in your heart to live a life that pursues him. And that journey has caused questions and concerns and joy and all the things that Paul has experienced, the ups and the downs. Why, why would you not want someone else to have that? Even, even if you have questions about it, don't keep it to yourself. Thank you for making the time today, Pastor Jackie. Thank you, Pastor Alex. And I hope that people will continue to read the book of Philippians for themselves. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the MGC podcast. If you haven't done so yet, go to iTunes and leave us a review. I know it doesn't seem like much, but it helps us and it helps others find us. Till next time. Grace and peace, my friends.